Hi, I'm Ray, born in St. Catharines, Ontario, raised in Sydney, Nova Scotia, and now living in Ottawa, Ontario. Hi, I'm Siggy, born in St. Catharines, Ontario also, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. You're listening to the Hollow Hollow podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. Ray and I are both podcasting from the traditional, unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabeg people. So welcome to our taste test episode where we sample something fresh from the pop culture buffet and then we'll tell you what we think. And we thought a lot. <laughs> we did think a lot. On this episode of this taste test, our guest host Ray, who's subbing for Jez as he's on location, we sample the Eternals. Welcome, Ray. This is like your third time on the podcast. I know. I feel so honored to be back again. I'm very I'm so glad. glad you're having me. Yeah, and thank you for filling in for Jezzy as he's on location and My he pleasure. says hello. Uh, folks, listeners of the Hello Hello podcast, Ray and I go back since like 2005, and if I've seen any big movie, movie opening, she's one of the people I've gone with, like one of my touch points. So she's been on season two, three, and now season four, and uh, it's consumption. And what's really great is Ray broadcasted from Nova Scotia the last two times you were here, which is crazy, sitting on, like, yeah. outside in July, sitting out a beautiful veranda at your sister's place, and then from a cold, wintry day in December 2020 to now November 2021, where... As we record this, it's just the weekend past of the opening of the Eternals in theaters. And you and I, let's preface it, went to VIP at Lansdowne here in Ottawa. Let's begin. What happened in VIP? Oh, it was like, the worst VIP experience of life. <laughs> like, so, listeners, let me tell you, if you've gone to a VIP theater, you know, the best part about VIP theater is that people, they serve you. They bring you things. You ask for things and they come to you and it's wonderful. You don't have to go to the concessions yourself. You don't have to line up for food or drinks. It's, it's amazing. But this time, we arrived early, and we sat in the lounge thinking, oh, you know what? We'll grab a drink, maybe a little snack before the movie. We've got lots of time. And we sat, and we sat. <laughs> and a half an hour goes by. And finally, finally, we got acknowledged by one of the people who was working there who says, oh, can I get you something? And we say, well, I think our movie's going to start soon. We've been sitting here for a half an hour. And she looks at us and says, oh, okay, well, you can go in the theater in 10 minutes. And then she walks away. <laughs> so as you know, That's how it started off. Is, so I was feeling rather unimpressed. And I don't think you were feeling much happier, but I was being pretty vocal about it. So we went and stood outside the theater. And then we ended up standing outside the theater for more like 15 minutes. 15 like, minutes. I think, there was less than 15 minutes before the movie started, before they let us into the theater. Which, like, folks, I mean, I get. Yeah, and folks, I get it. we were watching an 11 p.m. viewing. <laughs> 11 yes. at night. It was late. Yeah, and like, listen, you guys know I have a son, Mac, who likes to wake up at 5.30. I was just like, it's got to power through. And my friend Ray, who was working hard all week, was like, I need a bottle of wine. We're in VIP. I go, a whole bottle. You're like, I'm get tying it. one on. And clearly, you needed it. But anyway, that, let's just start it with there. So, so, so we're thinking, you know, we go into the theater and we're thinking, oh, it's taking a long time to get in there because, you yeah. know, COVID protocols. But anyway, yes. we go to our seats and then what we find out is that Cineplex and COVID protocols were not maybe being totally adhered to in our viewing, given that there was someone seated directly beside you, which they're not supposed to do. So that was a bit weird. 
But that was okay. We ordered some food. The lovely person in the theater was much kinder than the person we saw in the VIP lounge. Brought us things lickety-split. I did, in fact, listeners, get that bottle of wine. It was lovely. It's the first time I've ever ordered a bottle of wine in a movie. A full bottle, I yes. cannot complain. <laughs> I cannot complain. Might have been a little overindulgent, but I did order it anyway. And then Let's the go to it. Came. Let's get to it. So first off, you all know we saw The Eternals. Ray, for you, what did it taste like? So watching this movie was a lot like going to all-you-can-eat sushi. Oh, yeah. I say that, like, if you love sushi, like I love sushi, sometimes you can feel like you're going to eat way more sushi than your body can actually <laughs> handle. And every now and again, you think, hey, you know what would be awesome is all-you-can-eat sushi, and you'll go with someone to all-you-can-eat sushi. Maybe you'll go by yourself. I don't know. You might want to. No judgment. <laughs> and you get there, and you think, you know what would be really good? Like, I definitely want some tempura, and maybe some seaweed salad, and I want some sashimi, mm-hmm. and then... You think, I should just slow down and order only a couple of things. And then you get ahead of yourself at all-you-can-eat sushi. And what happens to me anyway is that I end up ordering the tempura and the seaweed salad and the sashimi and then a couple of rolls. And then all of a sudden, there is all this food on the table. And I think already, oh, gosh, what have I done? My eyes are way bigger than my stomach. And then one of two things happens. Either you start eating the food and you realize you can't eat anymore. And they won't let you take the food home because it's all you can eat sushi and they don't like it. It's true. It's true. Or you start eating the food and you realize you can't eat anymore and then they charge you even more because you didn't eat all the food that you ordered. And you feel like a glutton. (laughs) And you think to yourself, oh my God, why did I do that? (laughs) This was an experience. All you can eat sushi. I could have really enjoyed if I had just paced myself, if I had ordered a little bit at a time and not gotten ahead of myself. And I feel so much like this is what this movie is like. The movie was so much. It was so many things. And then I think back on it, and I don't think I took much away from that movie at all. Oh, we will get to like, that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not walking away with any real super incredible experience here. I feel like I should have gotten more out of it, and I didn't. I also left with, you know, a little sense of unease about some of the weird, oddly significant historical references that were being portrayed as a result of the Eternals' influence. Okay, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, so hold weird. Up. We will get, we will yeah. get to that part. So it was all you can eat sushi. All you can eat sushi. All right, for me. I'm just going to try to quickly talk about this quick experience. My second year at university at Western Ontario in 1997, I remember being a student and there was one night we were going to go to the movies and we were going to go to Mandarin Buffet. It's odd that you said it's all sushi. I say Mandarin Buffet. I went with one of my friends. I had a friend, Amy. She doesn't listen to this podcast, and I really don't care. And I'm like, oh, we're going to go to the Mandarin. You've never been. It's really good. And, like, we were going to go to the Mandarin, and then we're going to go to a movie. Now, this just shows how old I am. And listeners, I know some of you are young. The movie we were going to see was Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. Yeah, look it up. Anywho, so we go to Mandarin, and you know what? You save your money because you're a student. I had like 20 bucks like for the buffet, and my friend Amy was like, okay, let's go. And like, you know the spread. You've been to Mandarin Buffet. There's like hot meat, sushi, every time of like Asian food, anything you want, even North American food. If you want like a carving station, pizza, there's everything. My friend looked around, like all the wares. I had so many things to offer. She got the most basic things. I think she got like one serving of fried rice and noodles. 
not feeling experienced after much of the hype. Like, I was super disappointed. I mean, there was meat carving station, shrimp, sushi, like, all the stuff. And my friend was like, it was like, meh. So, right now, I and my friend Amy, who went to the Mandarin, was not impressed. That was my experience at Eternal. I'm an unimpressed, white, privileged girl who went to an Asian buffet and did not take an advantage of it. Period. Now, I, I get it. I'm going right to you now. The second question. Was it worth the pop culture calories? Ah, uh, no. It totally <laughs> was not worth it. Yeah. I mean, it was a beautifully filmed movie. There was a lot. Yeah, Chloe Zhao. She knows how to film. Yeah, she knows how to film. But there just wasn't anything there to sink your teeth into. It's a whole movie of Groot. And you know I really don't like Groot. I never knew that. Really? I've never talked to you about how much I loathe Groot. Is it because he's Vin Diesel? might be but you know i also secretly love vin diesel in the fast and the Furious. so like i'm gonna hold that to you and like that's a whole separate episode yeah or is it because Groot is sort of like a jar jar binks for you i think it's more the jar jar binks aspect of the Groot character like it's just not the right fit no and you know what for me like i when it comes to the pop chocolate calories like i just no period and like listen it's a big oeuvre ray and i've seen so many mcu movies together but there was two that it didn't blow my hair back, uh, hair that I don't have, like Thor, Dark World, and Guardians 2, right? It's not my favorite. Yeah, I got it. Or whatever. It. Like, to me, it wasn't. Appropriately, the next question, which makes me laugh, what does it remind you in the pop culture buffet? Like, what does this piece of cinematic... No, what did this oh. movie <laughs> remind you in the pop culture buffet? Did it remind you of anything? Like, could you equate it to anything that you've seen? I feel like it's a bit like a some kind of really mediocre episode of Saturday Night Live with a host that you thought was going to be awesome mm-hmm. and a musical guest that you thought should have killed it. You watch it and you think, oh my God, there wasn't one funny skit in that. What was this? What have I just seen? You watched Paris Hilton host with Keen as the musical guest. Oh, that's you know, what it that's is. Oh, that was like, a good deep cut. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I took my hat and yeah. I know you yeah, appreciated yeah. Well that. Done. Well done. For me, and this is me again, aging myself. I apologize, listeners. You know, the amount of star wattage in that movie was great. It was like watching an episode of Love Boat. Now, folks, oh. Love Boat was a show in like 70s and 80s where there would be people on a boat and sometimes they'd have trials and tribulations and you'd have guests of the week by Aaron Spelling. Look that up. But, you know, that's what it felt like. You know what I mean? Hijinks and all these. You agree. I see Ray. If you, listeners, Ray's not going, oh, hey, I get, yes. I get it. I get it. Now, let's try to be kind here. What did you appreciate about it from that? Was it two hours and 40 minutes? It was closing in on three hours. Yeah. And especially, as you said earlier, things like I want to remind the listeners, we went to an 11 p.m. showing. It was the middle of the night. <laughs> it was late. I appreciate how beautiful the film was. I, I yeah. really, I really do appreciate it. I feel a little bit like the beauty of the film was kind of destroyed in my memory by the lackluster dialogue and character development. I think when you say character development, when you have a stellar list, including Salma Hayek, Angelina Jolie, Brian Terry, Henry, Kamal Nanjiani, Barry Kehegan, Gemma Chan, Kit Harrington, and like newcomers like Lauren Ridloff, Ma Jung Suk, these amazing characters, there's so many, they were very underused, period. And that's what it was. And I think that you pointed this out after the movie where I am not, and I'm going to say this to listeners, I'm not familiar with the Eternals comic. 
Like, it was the buildup with the Avengers, they all had their own standalone movies, and then they merged together. Eternals, you have suddenly, like, this big ensemble cast, and you have two and a half hours to serve each person. And there's potential. When we say underdevelopment, there's potential. Makari, played by Lauren Ridloff, is a hearing-impaired superhero. And she was so engaging. I want to know she was a thief, and she had this sort of acute, like, I'm going to cause a little trouble here. But they never gave her much more. And they couldn't, like, because poor Gemma Chan, who we love, she's gorgeous, exquisite, had to carry the movie on her shoulders and try to propel it. But, like, the investment was, like, it was... It was underdeveloped. We didn't get to see more about it. Maybe because, you know, I'm not familiar with the comic book and what's going on. But, like, I agree with you. It's that underdevelopment. And here's the thing. I'm a Marvel, like, MCU person. And I know here my compadre Ray is, too. Like, I don't want to do a cast-off. Like, I think Chloe Zhao is still an amazing filmmaker. I think Gemma Chan. I mean, Ray could not stop talking about Kamile. Like, when we laugh, she's like, I love him. I heart him. He's the best. I love him. He's Jack. He's on Big Mouth. He's the best. I love Big Sick. I love everything about him. I love Franklin and Bash. I love him on Silicon Valley. I love him stand-up. But it's He's not amazing. them. But I just, I want to point out that I loved him before he was jacked, and I still love him now that he is jacked. Exactly. Yeah. It's a little bit of both. But I think, yeah. I think we both agree. Like, they were sort of underserved. And I think with all this hype, and I think you made a really good point, too, that what such a diverse cast where many people, oh, that person looks like me or that person is me. And there's so many more other scenarios, even like Brian Terry's Henry, his role of Fastos, like who was gay and had like a husband and a child that he was trying to raise. And we would have loved to hear more about like his storyline. And it was just a lot to cram in that time when you haven't had that expository not like in the first like what 15 minutes oh we're the eternals and uh, we didn't you know interrupt thanos because they're not deviants that was your expository that's why yeah and like <laughs> we haven't talked about the deviants but can we just for a minute <laughs> talk about like so these creatures are the deviants that are the enemy of the eternals like i don't know how else to describe it than the enemy of the eternals yeah And they basically look like inside-out dinosaurs. Like, if you've ever seen that inside-out museum exhibition. The bodies exhibit. The bodies (laughs) inside-out and all that stuff. Like, they basically look like inside-out dinosaurs, which is not that interesting as a big kind of villain character of the movie. It's a very kind of bizarre thing. The whole beginning of the movie with the Star Wars intro... I felt like the reading part at the beginning of the movie. I was, I was like, oh, damn, I should have put my glasses on and not worn my contacts for this. Well, and the best part is as soon as they went to the historical timelines, I could see Ray just seething going, okay, we're in Mesopotamia. Ugh. We're in the Amazon, and the guy that's like the mind meddler, Barry Kehegan's character, Druig, who controls people's mind, yeah. is in control of an indigenous group. And for then many we years. Never talk about that. And we never talk about which is very questionable. Yeah. And you wouldn't have caught it. And then just like, you know, Hiroshima was like sort of taken advantage of by the tech that was created by Fastos. This bronze knife in Mesopotamia being handed over by an eternal to yeah. like yeah. there's some very strange cultural and historic references that feel wrong in the movie. <laughs> it like, was just wrong. And I think that we're very emphatic listeners because we do love Marvel movies. We do enjoy it. We love Chloe Zhao. I love all those actors that I mentioned. And like, spoiler alert, I was waiting through the credits because, you know, I talk about this all the time. I'm waiting and sitting through the credits. Spoiler alert, Harry Styles. You know, there was much more. Like, they did pack a punch. Was it strong enough? Not really. 
at the end, but I think this yeah. is the first time where I was like, ooh. And the last thing I'll do before we go try to wrap this up. Now, listen, we're usually engaged. Now, Ray and I have seen Inception. We've seen, like, long, long movies and such. But in the middle of the movie, in the back, like, quarter half, as they're building up to fight Arashim, and we don't know why and how, and we're going to have a unibrain, and as the characters talk about this, there's a sudden clang to my left, and then I look to my right, and I look at my dear friend Ray, who looks startled, because she almost zoned out and dropped her wine glass from the bottle that she purchased. But she did not break a glass. She didn't break a glass. But she totally started herself. I did startle myself. It's true. I did drop the glass on the ground. And I think I did, you know, briefly fall asleep there when the Kit Kat spaceship was yeah. coming on the scene again. Kit Kat. Yeah. I do like that you said you did look like a Kit Kat. And then after you're like, it looks more like a Toblerone. I agree with you. The Domo yeah. looks like a Toblerone. Made me a little hungry. Not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> its that. first view was Kit Kat-like, but then it turns out that it's more Toblerone-shaped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But one more last question. Was there anything else that you really appreciated, though? Like, I know that we've sort of joshed it and trolled it verbally. Like, was there anything, like, you could really pick out that you were like, you know what, I really like this? I mean, look, I love the diversity of the cast. I mm-hmm. love the fact that there are superhero characters who are more like real people than the Avengers are like real people. I mean, let's right. that the Avengers are not anywhere like real people. Yeah. And these are still really beautiful A-list actors who are playing <laughs> these roles, but there's so much to enjoy about the fact that, you, you know, more people can see themselves in the Eternals than they probably can see themselves in the Eternals. Amen, and amen to that, right? Like, even yeah. like from Gilgamesh, Makari, Fastos, like... I thought that was great. But sidebar, I'm such a sucker, though, when two romantic leads have, like, lovely accents. Oh, yeah, like, that's you know, true, Even though, like, I'm not, you know, Richard Madden wasn't my favorite, the Icarus character, which, obviously, if you know the folklore of Icarus, like, that's how it ends, you know, hey. I think many of the listeners uh, are very bright and smart, but yeah. you're like, well, yeah, we know what Icarus does. Well, there you go. But I, I just yeah. love, you know, a Scottish brogue and a British accent, just, you know, that, that's sort of romantic, you know, hey. All right. I think it's clear. Listeners, if you have figured out, would we sample it again? No. That's my, like, one-word answer. <laughs> yeah. And no. to whom would you recommend this movie? So, I, like, for me, if you're the kind of Marvel fan who absolutely cannot miss an MCU movie, mm-hmm. then, of course, you're going to have to see this. Might I recommend that you save yourself some money and you see this one when it's available on streaming? Unless absolutely. you're super committed to seeing it on the big screen. I think if you're also the kind of person who just can't listen to a review of a movie and think to yourself, okay, this is going to stop me from seeing this. Go, go see it. You'll believe us once you've seen it. (laughs) You'll think, hey, I should have saved my money and waited for this to be streaming. But, you know, all that said, I can't recommend it. And I also have a hard time saying that I can't recommend it. So it's, I'm torn. It's torn. And you know what, whatever, this is that first outing and maybe they'll retool it, right? Maybe they'll be retooled and maybe, you know what, they'll break it up and focus on those other characters. Like, I just think the cast was underused. I don't think like, you know what I mean? Like, I like those people and that's it. I do agree with you. Like, if it's streaming, watch it on streaming. If you'd like, you could Skype me and Ray and we could talk through the whole movie. Drop a wine glass for your entertainment. We'll keep you awake. We'll keep you awake. Yeah, exactly. Well, and on that note, thank you so much for hosting with me, Ray. Can you take us out? 
Absolutely. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for future topics on the Hollow 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 podcast, email us at hollowhollowpopculture at gmail.com. You can find us on social media on Twitter. Our handle is at hollowhollowpop and on Instagram at hollowhollowpopculture. We receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chal Turingen. We'll talk to you guys in two weeks when we talk about more movies, pop culture, Filipino-Canadian life. And again, a big thank you to Ray for stepping in for Jez this week. Thank you to you and Jezzy, too. And don't worry, the three of us will get together for a taste test for season five for sure. Thanks, R.